Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dark Vale. We're your hosts, Tori and John. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We aren't professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one's perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. Each episode may contain mild swearing and our own personal opinions, as well as my mild list. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill. Welcome to Dark Veil, where we lift the veil on the darker side of life. This is episode three. My name is Tori. And I'm John. Just before we launch into our podcast, I got a quick question for you. Sure. Have you ever wished there was a fun and interesting podcast that talked about things that we all get a little nerdy about? Ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. Topics like sci-fi, fantasy, history, maybe video games. Ooh, what about movies? Definitely movies. Nice. I found a podcast that drops a brand new episode every Tuesday that deals with all these topics and more. Hmm, this sounds all good and and nice. However, I just got one question. What's that? What's its name? Well, its name is Little Nerdy. Oh, that makes so much sense. Because no matter what you're into or what your thing is, at the end of the day, we're we're all all just a little little nerdy. nerdy. So here's what we've been nerding out with for the last week. Um, Tori and I watched a documentary on Prime Video called 2020 Nostradamus. Uh, It was written, directed, and narrated by Philip Gardner and executively produced by Warren Croyle. And it was also released in 2018. Ah, so what comes to mind for you when... You think of Nostradamus. I think of a wizard who predicts the future, basically. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I kind of picture uh, a Merlin yeah. <laughs> type looking, you know, the, the long robe and the pointy hat, big gray beard, <laughs> crystal ball and a, a staff. And and that that's, uh, that's it, the image that comes to my mind. Yeah, me too. And... Almost like a weird, odd feeling, like not really creepy, but a little bit creepy because we're talking about a man who has been claimed to be able to tell the future from like hundreds of years ago till now. Like, yeah, um, I know that I knew a little bit about him before this, like, um, I believed I heard that he had predicted a lot of the real life events that were big happenings in my lifetime, like, uh, 9-11, um, the end of the world was supposedly supposed to happen, I think, in, like, 2012 yep. or something. Yep. Um, things like that. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I, I definitely remember reading and hearing that he had predicted 9-11 happening, and he was behind the, the prediction for the end of the world in 2012, and uh just a f- like maybe a couple other things very superficially i ever just kind of seen or heard about but yeah. um 
But other than that, uh, that's really the only knowledge I've ever had on him. Yeah. I'd say Nostradamus is a, a very household name. Like, most people have heard of him. Yeah, I think so, too. I think a lot of people just have this, like, um, idea that, like, they've heard of him and and he's had these prophecies. And I think a lot of people just automatically believe that he did predict them and it's true that he predicted them but um i think our uh episode might put a little bit of diddy or didn't he into it so oh for sure yeah i think so too so <clears throat> excuse me uh the information in the documentary was really good um however it didn't really talk about his early life too terribly much <clears throat> excuse me so we pulled some info off a of wiki and um i'll just just a little bit just to kind of give you our listeners a a taste of his life before he was the reputed seer and and that um his so nostradamus's real name was actually Michel, Michel de Nostradame. So this is French and we're both uh, very English. So uh, we apologize right now for any mispronunciations. I uh, hope you guys can forgive us, but we're going to try our best here. Um, he lived in a place called Saint Remy de Provence in France. Uh, he was born on... December 14th or 21st of 1503. Um, not an actual definitive date, but uh, um, it was either one of those two. And he died on July 1st or 2nd in 1566. So he, his birth and his death were also mysterious. So it all kind of fits together in this mysterious story, I guess. Exactly. Um, so... <clears throat> Before he was predicting future events, um, he was a physician, an author, a translator, and an astrolo <laughs> astrological <laughs> consultant. Um, so he was uh, a busy man. He was a lot of things before before he got into the the prophet yeah. phase. <clears throat> All right, so Nostradamus, he wrote a collection of 942 poetic quatrains, is what they're called, um, allegedly predicting future events. He published this book in 1555, and a quatrain, for those who don't know, it's basically a style of poetry. So a quatrain basically has four lines of sentences making a quatrain. Yeah. So it's fairly simple. Um, that was his style. He studied at the University of Av Avignon. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm sure I said that wrong. But was forced to leave after just one year because the university had to close 
over an outbreak of an outbreak of the plague. I thought that was interesting when I found that out because what has happened right now, it's May of 2020, all the universities are closed. Oh yeah, um, yep. The schools are closed because of COVID-19. I just yeah, I thought that was strange when's <laughs> yep. the last time that happened to us having those things closed. Never. Yeah, exactly. Actually, <laughs> I in, don't know. <laughs> not in our lifetime yeah, anyway. Not in our lifetime for sure. Um, Nostradamus then traveled after needing to leave the university. He traveled the countryside in France, as we said, um, for eight years. And he was researching herbal remedies. He went back to university to study medicine eventually, but he was very, very soon after expelled because he was working as an apothecary and that got discovered. That wasn't looked on very well. And an apothecary is um, <clears throat> basically a person who prepared and sold medicine and drugs. So they're basically a very, very, very old school. They're the OGs of, um, why isn't the word coming to me? Phar pharmacy. They're, they're old school pharmacists is yeah. what they basically were. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is interesting. So it's almost like uh, like homeopathy too. Some of the yeah. the herbal remedies and stuff that he was uh, maybe studying. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he he actually never ended up becoming a doctor, and just continued life as an apothecary uh, for quite a while. And at that time, he ended up becoming fairly well known for his invention, the rose pill, that uh, he had claimed would help protect, uh, protect against the plague. Um, so unfortunately, during another outbreak of the plague, uh, his wife and children ended up dying as a result in 1534. Um, he did eventually uh, end up remarrying and having three sons and three daughters. Uh, he took a visit to it Italy, and w something on this visit um, got him to kind of move away from the medicine and steer him towards the occult world. Uh, he wrote an almanac in 1550, and with this is the first time his name becomes Nostradamus. Uh, his, his book was widely popular. It, it was good. It, it was a success. And he continued to write these almanacs for his future years. Um, he was doing this while he was also working as an astrologer. So he ended up writing 6,000 different prophecies. And it wasn't long before nobility and very wealthy patrons were looking to him for their horoscopes and some psychic advice. Nice. Well, I guess this is where our Wikipedia uh, slash internet searches for just some background on him, but it was mainly Wikipedia, yeah. um, kind of comes to a close. And now we're going to be discussing more of what the documentary focused on. 
So Nostradamus um, really spent a lot of time maintaining and building just a sense of mystery around him. Um, he claimed the danger of his own time required that his words be written in mysterious sentences that he called cloudy obscurity. So basically, Nostradamus was living in a time where he thought that what he was doing was against the religious rules of the time. He honestly thought that he was going to get in trouble. Uh, something bad was going to happen to him or his family if his writings got out. So he used the technique that he was calling cloudy obscurity or that was known as cloudy obscurity. Uh, so basically hidden messages and kind of writing things in slight amounts of code, I guess, kind of. Yeah, and like word games and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he also mixed languages. He used Greek, Latin, and Italian, um, as well as French in these word games. And I'm using quotation marks because he went that far to try to hide his stuff. He wanted it to be able to be deciphered, but he didn't want just anyone to be able yeah. to be like, oh, he's doing this. That's really interesting, <clears throat> too, because with him writing these in, that's what, four different languages, basically, what a job it would be to try and decipher that and translate it and... Oh, yeah, for and sure. And that, like, to be able to decipher and translate that into perfectly what he meant yeah that would be that would be tough and and that i think i think it would be too but i feel like if you're feeling like you're being drawn or pushed by some sort of greater power to do it i guess that comes with the territory but yeah um it makes me also believe a little bit like what's getting lost in these exactly yeah like a lot of i know a lot of modern Time, in the modern times, like, you've already have to translate it from how they wrote it to make sense in the modern world, but um, through hundreds of years and stuff, and he's translating it from the real message it came into his head to four different languages to all be jumbled in into four really tight sentences known as a quatraint. Yeah. So, um, is he writing his exact message the way it was meant to be heard? If it, even after it gets translated properly, I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but no, no. I'm saying maybe straight from Nostradamus's pen, it's already not the message meant to be from the powers above. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe his own <clears throat> cloudy obscurity, Made it very cloudy and obscure. Obscure. I don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so his his actual book on the prophecies it had mi mixed reception. Some people thought that he was a Satanist, and some thought he was insane. Some thought he was the best thing since I don't know. They didn't have sliced bread back then. <laughs> from wonder but maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah I, got nothing. I know what you're saying some thought he was the best 
And yeah. The best thing since a loaf of bread. Right. Um, so he would write um, these books and these, he would put about a thousand quatrains of undated prophecies into them. Um, and these, <clears throat> excuse me, these were the prophe prophecies he would become known for worldwide. And it was also because these quatrains were, uh, or prophecies were undated, that they are, they're widely up to interpretation as well. And yeah, for every generation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in... 1558, so it never actually specified where this text came from, but in 50, 1558, there was a text about Nostradamus that uh, had said, and I'm going to use quotations here, he was a certain brainless and lunatic idiot who is, who is shouting nonsense and publishing his prognostic prognostications and fantasies on the streets. Um, so he had some critics. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. The There was an astrologer uh, named Lawrence Videl who wrote on his declaration of abuses, ignorances, and sedations of Michel de Nostradame, quotations again, if I wanted to recite all of the ignorances, errors, and idiosities that you have been putting in your works for the last four to five years, it would need a pretty big book. Yeah, that's quite the slam. Yeah. That's quite the medieval slam right there. Yeah, exactly. And that's from a fellow astrologer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, oh, yikes. sorry. No, no, that's it. I was reading that a lot of very res respected astrologers were quite upset that he was calling himself one. Like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so now we got to ask the question, was he truly able to predict the future? Um, did he really have some sort of vision that he had? Is it all just vague words or generalizations that can easily fit anywhere, really? Um, like we said, all of his works really are up to interpretation, and a lot of them don't have years on them. I know there was a few that we came across that did, but honestly, most of them don't have a date. Um, you know, and a lot of them, like I said, they're getting lost in poor translations of... French from that time to English yeah. or to what other languages, right? Yeah, that's one of the things for sure. Because he, so he wrote it in four different languages, but this is from the 16th century. Oh, yeah, for so, sure, right? Though, like, Latin, uh, <laughs> Italian, like, those languages in the 16th century aren't the same languages that they are now in 2020. Yeah. So I feel like it's very very likely and possible, very probable, that a lot has also gotten lost in translation over the years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a toughie right there. Yeah. So, 
let's take a look at one of the most popular ones, which is Nostradamus predicted 9-11, which was the terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City. Yep. All right, so there's a few different versions of his prophecy regarding 9-11 floating around. We're going to present two of them. So the first one is kind of like a sensationalized, like, Hollywood-type version of it, so. Yeah. Uh, so, this one was taken from Live Science uh, in an article by Benjamin Radford. Uh, Two steel birds will fall from the sky on a metropolis. The sky will burn at 45 degrees latitude. Fire approaches the great new city. Immediately, a huge, scattered flame leaps up. Within months, rivers will flow with blood. The undead will roam Earth for a little time. Yikes! <laughs> that is a yikes, that one. <clears throat> so, I feel like one thing I want to point out is, I don't think this could possibly have come from Nostradamus based on the fact that we know he did it in four line sequences, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And this one's got, uh, I think about six in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can, you can tell that this one was definitely hyped, hyped. Yeah. Made up, um, sensationalized. And this is probably, that is probably one of the biggest reasons. This is even one that I remember reading yeah. before. So. Yeah. And um, it's just a little bit too good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it fits, it, like, too perfect. Yeah, like, it's not, there's no, there's mystery, but it's not, like... Is that what he's talking about? Because it's, like, specifically saying two steel birds and, you know, the great new city is also in it and, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that one and then we'll compare it to the other one. Yeah. So this one is actually on the documentary, this one. Um... This is the most reliable translation. Uh, volcanic fire from the center of the earth will cause trembling around the new city. Two great rocks will make war for a long time. And Arthusa will redden a new river. And Arthusa is a classic nymph of springs and rivers in Greek mythology. So this one is uh, vastly different from the, the yeah. previous one we just read. This one actually sounds like something from somebody that had a vision in the 15th or 16th century. Yeah. You know, um, volcanic fire from the center, center of the earth will cause trembling around the new city. So a new city's featured again, but this one, it actually makes sense. Yeah. But not so fittingly and perfect like the the much more hyped and sensationalized one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't mention two steel birds, but um, 
it is more cryptic. It, I guess, kind of describes it. Yeah. And I mean, if you imagine a 15th century man having, sorry, 16th century man, uh, having a vision of two giant, I don't know, structures with fire coming out of them. Yeah. I mean, what are you attributing that to um, that far back? Because you, you certainly can't think skyscraper is the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, and you're not going to be like, um, a plane hit it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's... This one actually, to me, fits far better than... Yeah, me too. Um, and also, like, from what I've read and stuff about people having visions, like, it's not like people have a vision of an event from the starting to the beginning, so it's not like he watched everything happen on 9-11 in his vision, right? Yeah. If he had one. Um, maybe his vision was just literally flames coming out of buildings and, you know, like it says, red in a new river. So to me, that means blood is running because people have died, right? Yeah. So maybe he's just seeing flames coming out of these big structures and the only thing he can relate... To this vision um, of ever knowing about big flames coming from everywhere is a volcano. Like, that kind of makes sense that he would describe it like that. Yeah, exactly. Back then, that's that's really all you're seeing that's that big that's got fire coming out of it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine a warlock, not a warlock, <laughs> <laughs> a wizard or something standing on a hill having a vision and saying that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, Nostradamus is also said to have predicted um, the rise. Yeah, basically Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, the rise of all the things that he came to do, um, among many other predictions. Uh, here's the quatrail or quatrails that we came up with him. Yeah, so... This one was uh, taken from Business Insider, um, an article titled Nine Famous Predictions by Nostradamus. Some people say foresaw the future, and this article was by Anya Kane. So You pronounced that good. I had to look that up because the way her name is spelt was... Much harder to pronounce it. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, how is he going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so this is, this is the one from that article. Um, from the depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase towards the realm of the east. Ooh. That one's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, right off the hop, that one seems... It doesn't sound at all sensationalized. It sounds... Um, fitting. Yeah. Um, a few uh, interesting points about this one. Um, Hitler was born in Austria. And this is in Western Europe. Yeah. And... Though his family was middle class, they weren't poor. 
Um, still just even referencing their, like, financial state. Yeah. That could be easily just like a, a clippet of a vision he caught and was just like, oh, like, that's how he, he inter interpreted it. Yeah, and, and also, like, if you think of, like, if I think of rich people hundreds of years in the future, I've, I've got an idea that might not be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's seeing, yeah, like you said, like, he's just seeing a clip, but, you know, my giant idea of what a rich person is in the near future, far away future, might not be what has happened, right? So yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I I feel like that's kind of plausible. Yeah, exactly. Bit. And it says, "He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop." Well, another point about Hitler is he had a way with words that helped bring him to the power and give him the grip that he had over his troops. Yeah. And that, so that one is actually eerily fitting almost. Yeah. That, that one was decent. Although I want to note that that could also be put up against a lot of different leaders and events of the world too. Right. But yeah, for sure. That, that one's pretty good. I guess if you're trying to make one fit, that one, that one works, I guess, yep, yep. a bit. So, the other one, this one's actually from the documentary. And it says, In the place very near, not far from Venice. Venice. Yeah, Venice. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, not far from Venice, the two greatest ones of Asia and Africa. From the rhyme and hister, they will be said to have come. Cries, tears of Malta and the Liberian side. <laughs> so <laughs> that one is, is, if nothing more, very cryptic. I don't understand really a lot of that one. And uh, even reading it on the documentary... I was like, hmm? Um, but in there it says, from the rhyme and hister, and hister was kind of said to be a mispronunciation of Hitler. Um, but hister was actually a term widely used for the river Danube. And the the River Danube is Europe's uh, second largest river? Yeah, I yeah. believe it is, yeah. So, it's claimed that this quatrain is about the meeting of Hitler and Mussolini. And an which, inter... Oh, which sorry. is two... Sorry, I was just... I'm going to say something that isn't helpful. Which is two... <laughs> Which is the meeting of two bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so an interesting thing about this was uh, during World War II, the Nazis spread um, propaganda that Nostradamus predicted the rise of Hitler. And 
they wanted the the allies to believe this and you know uh they're not going to win now this this was foretold yeah that i thought that was so interesting yeah it's really neat but the the funny thing is is that the al allies uh fired back with their own propaganda uh contradicting that and saying that nostradamus actually had predicted the fall of hitler <laughs> yeah. so there is a little battle of of the nostradamus predictions there so that's that's interesting and i i i had no idea about any of these predictions any of his past life it's this has been a really interesting topic we've been covering here yeah um and i mean we could have come up with uh like searched and come up with a few more prophecies that he supposedly did that maybe relate it to something we all recognize but i think from the little bit of examples we gave um a lot of people really stretched what he said to maybe feet their feet <laughs> to meet their own agendas yeah i don't know if i have enough evidence that i believe he predicted these things but i do think it's interesting i think his prophecies and his writings and just his name in general being a fairly common name for hundreds of years after his death is incredible and amazing in itself oh yeah yep and um it was fairly hard when we even tried looking up um like the most original translated version we could find like it was kind of hard so i think it's very mysterious how yeah. such a hard to get a hold of slash trans it's hard to translate it's hard to actually track track it back and be like this was the first translated english version of this for sure it it's mysterious like we it's hard to and i think it's interesting how something so mysterious managed to have such a life for hundreds of years yeah yeah exactly i would say that nostradamus pulled off exactly what he wanted uh cloudy obscurity yeah it's that he we've, did it we've got the og <laughs> of cloudy obscurity <laughs> yeah exactly. okay guys we're tired <laughs> we're getting weird yeah so did you think it was a little bit odd how um you know, like when we were talking about how Nostradamus got his start and stuff, that um, he traveled on the countryside for eight years and he like gathered herbs and studied them and whatever. And he spent all this time being um, like a chemist slash pharmacist guy and he created this rose pill that um, I don't know how much we talked about it in the beginning, but he created this rose pill that was apparently the cure for the plague, right? And I just found it um, odd 
just interesting to note, I guess, that um, his his first wife and both of his first children that he had, they both died of the plague. So um, he wasn't able to create something that actually worked for the plague. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And I wonder what kind of testing, like how they would, Yeah. if he invented a pill and he's like, ah, this will protect against the the plague, what information is he, he's using or if there was any yep. human tests that he... <laughs> He tried, or if it was just... Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, like, it almost begs the question, like, I don't know, um, like, I know at that point he wasn't being a prophet yet, but you'd think he'd have a little bit of foretelling <laughs> vibes in his body. Um, he didn't know that he had not nailed that cure. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be... <laughs> Excuse me like rude about it or something i just think most people would be like oh he he didn't see that one yeah right yeah exactly i think though that maybe it stands to reason too though early in his life um if he was having visions that maybe they were far more vague than they were later on in his life. Yeah. And and who knows, maybe he had some uh, little vision, just a little snippet of uh, a flower during an outbreak of the plague, and he was like, ah, the rose, the finest of flowers. Uh, good point, good point. And, and that, now obviously it uh, didn't, didn't prove too well. Yeah. But, but, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I guess there's no real training for being a visionary or, um, fortune, I don't think he's a fortune teller, but, you know, a predictor of the future. So you got a good, good point there, but I feel like some people were definitely reading or hearing about that and then being like, eh. does that show that he probably wasn't good at predicting the future? Because a lot of other things kind of hit it, but not really. And I don't think we'd come across one thing uh, through the documentary or any of the research we did that actually nailed it right on the head. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, I feel like the death of King Henry II of France... Yep, that was another um, one of his predictions. That one actually nailed it pretty hard, except for the fact that it was published about 50 years after he died. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he wrote it be... I don't know if he wrote it before... Um, <laughs> Uh, it happened and then it just happened to get published after, but a lot of people obviously say that they can't count that one as him nailing it because unfortunately it was published far too late. Yeah. One of the things 
that's interesting about Nostradamus's predictions is every single prediction, though, that he's made has been fitted to something that happened in the past. Yeah. yeah. Not one has actually been translated and foretold a future event and then somewhere in history mankind was able to stop that from happening it's it's actually never happened yeah <laughs> like that so he being somebody that uh, predicts the future it's and maybe maybe that's part of the mystery and his uh his cloudy obscurity yeah and by the time somebody deciphers it and goes through the mass amount of predictions the event has already happened and they're like uh oh yeah he did say that this was going to happen we just never we never caught that one you know so yeah i was reading that um apparently these prophecies were meant to be relevant even in 200 years from our present right like he widely wanted people to keep reading into his prophecies and, um, you know, studying them and try to apply them and stuff. But like you said, it is unfortunate that we only caught them in hindsight. And even the way we caught them was still like, eh, is it more like throwing poop at the wall and seeing what sticks? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. The, the other thing is, um, so with with that kind of knowledge, right, knowing that uh, he wanted these predictions to go, like, maybe these events that he's predicted actually still haven't happened. Yeah. And we've just had events that kind of fit one of his predictions and, and that. So like you said, kind of throwing uh, poop at the wall and seeing what sticks. But the the actual event that he predicted it hasn't happened yet yeah good point and maybe when it happens we just know we're like oh that was it yeah like uh, it fits like a perfect puzzle piece yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah so i think that um i personally believe that just Talking about it, reading into it, just kind of the magic of how far it's traveled throughout history and things like that. I think that's the part that matters for me. I don't think to me it it doesn't matter if we pro if it's proven for sure. Yeah. Um. It's. I know when we were watching the documentary, I was telling you. I don't know if this is fun for me right now because I don't think I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and, <yep>. then, <laughs> and then you were kind of like, it's so magical. And, you know, after talking and reading and thinking about it, I agree with you. It's, it's just something like neat. It's different. It's not getting in your car and reading the, the newspaper on your lunch break and going back to work every day. It's, just something, it's a different side of life in the world to think about and yeah. wonder about. And it gets ideas flowing in your head. And I think it's just a neat thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> excuse me, I I find it really interesting because in the end, now I know for sure both of us have far more in information about Nostradamus than we ever had before. Yeah. And yet it doesn't prove or disprove anything. Yeah. It leaves, like you said, it's 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 got the magic. It's it's wonder and mystery because who knows? Is this guy the greatest prophet that the human life has ever seen? Or is it uh, a bit of a babbling idiot? Like, we we literally, we don't get to know. No. And that that's fun and interesting. That's, that's mystery. Yeah, and I think it's really curious and interesting that I've seen in a number of places that Nostradamus was pretty clear about not calling himself a prophet. Yep. And he might have been widely known as a seer, but he absolutely wasn't going around advertising that he was. In fact, he worked like alone in a room and he didn't quite let people know exactly how he was doing his visions and he kept things really private. So I think it's quite interesting that he on one hand, wasn't boasting about who he was and saying, follow my prophecies, guys. Um, he was quietly kind of letting out entire works of things that he came up with and just that was mysterious. So I feel like part of me on the magical side wants to believe that he was called to do this for a reason because... Um, his ego wasn't getting fulfilled by this. Yeah. And yet he really worked very hard on this for a number of years. Yeah. So... Yeah, absolutely. So I thought I'd throw a little humor in the end of the podcast here with uh, one more final prediction from Nostradamus. Um... So, back in 2012, that's when Nostradamus had picked it, uh, predicted the end of the world. And uh, one of the things that was attributed to this prediction of the end of the world was um, the, the singer uh, Psy from Gangnam Style. Yeah. So believe it or not, this is this is one of one of Nostradamus's predictions. It was a wild thing running on the internet. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was just the internet hype, but it was funny. Yeah. So the words that they used were from the calm morning the end will come when of the dancing horse the number of circles will be nine. So how how they uh, fit this to to Psy and Gangnam style is uh, well, Psy was born in South Korea, and Korea is known as the land of the morning calm, and obviously in his song. He's doing the yeah. <laughs> the horse dance, right? 
and the number of circles will be nine is something that apparently his YouTube video of this had uh, 990-some-odd million views. And so when he got to 1 billion views, that was going to be the the number of circles, nine circles, nine zeros. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I don't know who... So, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Huh. So they're basically saying that this song on YouTube, specifically the YouTube video turning into one billion views, was going to be the end of the world? Yeah, basically... Um, so it was, it was supposed to be December 21st of 2012. That was going to be, that was the day the world ended. And so December 20th, his video was at oh. 900, um, 990 million, uh, some odd views. And by the next day, it would have reached the 1 billion mark and, Boom, world ends because Gangnam Style got one billion views. Huh. Um, whoever came up with that is um the best storyteller of our time. <laughs> right? <laughs> now I wonder <laughs> because this is this is obviously not real and 2020 and this never happened but i wonder how many people read this and were like oh man he's getting too many likes too fast and tomorrow like we're going to bed tonight we're not waking up tomorrow you know what though out of all the prophecies and reasons why people thought they were a prophecy for a certain thing this one oddly fits quite well for me <laughs> like from the calm morning the end will come when the dancing of the horse the number of circles will be nine like <laughs> yeah if you are too young to remember this song or video check it out on youtube yeah um yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that <clears throat> excuse me one of the most fake predictions is is actually one of the most fitting <laughs> like it just fits it's silly but it i mean that fit better to me than than the other ones did <laughs> that's pretty funny that is people you know what that's the thing about people is um when people have an idea in their head and they decide to work hard enough they'll find a way to make anything fit yep um sometimes that helps us in like science or the medical field or with maybe discovering things in space or things like that. And sometimes it's um, one billion views on a YouTube video is going to end the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, well, it's fun seeing everything in between too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So final verdict on Nostradamus. Do you think he's a prophet? I think that... I leave this topic open-minded to just not knowing. I actually, I don't know. 
And I guess, like I was saying before, that's the, the wonder and the mystery to me. Um, it keeps the magic alive about it because nothing can be proven or disproven. That's true. And I, I like that. I'm, I'm happy knowing more about him and ending the topic, not knowing whether he's real or fake. Well, his, his predictions. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Well, I think in the end, nobody can prove that's not what he meant. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, some of it's very hard to put together with other pieces, but I guess in the end, it all comes down to the perception of the man writing it, which is Nostradamus, and the perception of the people reading it, which is anyone who cares to read it and try fitting it in with an event. So it doesn't look to me like he might be in the top 10 of all time of profits, maybe, but um, that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think the magic is there enough that I wouldn't say it's not a thing. Like, I, I think something's there. I just hope one time in the future, maybe something hits the nail on the head a little harder. Maybe. Yeah. But, like you said, just the magic of learning more about a really interesting person in history and reading all the neat things that have popped up about it, that's the interesting part right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, hopefully, uh, you left this one with more information than you did coming into it. Because I know we definitely did. This was a fun and interesting topic to look up. It yeah. was neat learning about his life. It really was. It was neat, and um, we'll probably hear more about some more prophecies that people can connect in the future, so maybe one day there'll be more to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, um, I wanted to just take a moment to mention another really good podcast out there. Uh, it's called Little Nerdy. It's a, a podcast on the topics, well, we mentioned in the beginning, but uh, science fiction, uh, movies, anime, uh, Video board games. games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's a really fun and interesting uh, podcast. Yeah, and... I, th I think they describe themselves as like uh, geek culture or nerd yeah. culture. Um, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for example, I have listened to every podcast or every episode of their podcast that have come out. And even if I don't know much about the topic, it's informative. It's engaging. They give their opinions. It's awesome. They had a podcast on, um, some horror movies and yep. that was great. Yep. I, I enjoyed every Everything that's come come from Little Nerdy. So um, they're available on every major platform. And just look them up, Little Nerdy. Yep. A new episode every Tuesday. Yep. And 
it's good because our our new episodes come on Monday and they're Tuesday, so it's the the dream team right there. Yeah, you got two <laughs> days of your week of fun and interesting podcast covered right there. <laughs> from from us peeps here in Alberta. Yep. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope you'll join us again on Monday for podcast and, and chill, chill. <laughs>